Mic check. <sighs> I swear some days I love this job. Let's get it. Mic check. Voila. Just getting my levels right. Setting the tone for the day. It's February 2021. Voila. February 21st yeah. to be exact. I'm only coming out to play. Welcome home, Bobby Schmurder. Nothing more that I hate in this life. The wrong impression. I only have one to make. You can open your palm, waiting to catch a break. The cards will fall where they may. And what about me? I believe in fate. Huh. They want to know where I'll be in five. Coming at you live and in effect from Days Media, powered by Hilltop Collective. But what about today? What's up, what's happening? I go by the name of Reggie Days, and this is yet another episode of the Reggie Days Radio Show. Today, I am joined by three lovely ladies that I've met recently. Uh, we're going to go around the room. So first things first, go ahead and introduce yourself, where you're from, and uh, you can also give your social media uh, handle if you want to, of course. Gang, gang, what's up, y'all? <laughs> I'm Cammy. I'm from... From West Dallas, Texas. You can find me on Instagram at got.zilla on IG. And that's got.zilla. All right, all right. Coming up next. Hello, guys. It's your girl, Jay. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Triple D in the building. Um, my Instagram is jsharee, J-S-H-E-R-R-E. All right. And last but most definitely not least... Um, hey guys, yes, Destiny, I'm from Dallas, um, currently residing in New Orleans, Instagram is Des- the best three underscores, so yeah, follow me, please. All right, so um, this week, of course, as you can tell, my right-hand man, Sheen the Dream, could not be on this episode, unfortunately, because he actually is uh, sick with COVID-19 right now, so, you know, prayers definitely go out with him, he's uh, holding he's doing well holding it down um he's got a quarantine for a good little while so we had to take yet another break but you know that's kind of how it is when you're dealing with a pandemic but my dog's definitely gonna bounce back you know all thoughts and prayers and he wanted everybody to know that he loves you guys and he'll be back to recording whenever he is uh ready and able so kind of rocking this week uh the ladies decided that they they would keep me company for the episode and uh we're just gonna keep shit moving so i'm gonna open up with um with a little bit of a, a question but it's gonna start with a story right so i have a friend a really good friend of mine and she was dating recently um online dating so it was it was a guy that she met uh on social media she got to know him really well he was actually a really good dude from what she described to me you know a great personality a person who she really felt a close connection with. Now it came to that time where, okay, I think we know each other well enough as far as the, the metaphysical sense. And let's go ahead and make this a physical situation. Let's go ahead and see each other. So he pays for a plane ticket. He flies her out. She goes all the way to where he's from and it's time for her to meet him in person. Now here's where it becomes an interesting situation. She gets off the plane She sees the guy. She's like, oh, okay. Now, the first thing she felt was, was a little misleading 
as far as uh, how she felt about his pictures, because she felt like he would be a bit of a muscular dude, a, a bit of a swole dude, but he turned out to be like mad skinny for her taste. So she was put off by it, but not too much, not too, too much. She was like, he looked a little different, but not too crazy. Now, here's where it became, for me, to me, in my opinion, it crossed the fucking line. So she meets up with this guy, and he's putting her bags in the trunk. He turns around to hug her, and this nigga is musty. Now, here's the thing. There are certain things that, as an adult, I have no patience for. I have, like, to me, once you pass a certain age, which would be middle school, Anytime past that age, <laughs> you need to make sure certain things are okay forever, like bowel movements, things of that nature. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain things that I believe that forever. as an adult, you should have in check. One of them is mustiness. Now, apparently, um, Mr. Muskrat oh. done hugged her down. You know, they get in the car. And she's like, well, <laughs> well what if... Now, bless my friend's heart. She's a, a great person because this girl immediately jumps to defending him in her head. She's like, well, what if this nigga was busy? You know what I'm saying? He could have like just got off work or whatever, had to pick me up on his way back to the crib. So she's like, you know, we'll see. We'll see how things turn out now that he's actually going to be in the house and have ample opportunity and space to reach a shower. So they get back to the crib. He's helping her get her stuff in. She notices... That this nigga is not really making it a priority to run off to the shower. So he's, he's, he's living, in a sense, in his funk. <laughs> she, at, this, at this point, you know, she made her, her gentle comments to be like, hey, you know, maybe um, I'm, I'm a little tired. Maybe what I should do, we should, we should jump in the shower and go ahead and, you know, find what we're going to eat or find out what we're going to do and this and that. I love how ladies are so kind, too. They'll do the we. And I was like, damn, I, I peep some of my friends do that with, with dudes before. They'll do like, you know, maybe we should try this. And it didn't quite work. So at that point, she was completely turned off by the dude. Now, ladies, is there anything that as, as adults that you just have no fucking patience for? Mine is adult mustiness. <laughs> Ladies, how, how, do you, how do y'all feel? What is, what is something that y'all feel like there's just no fucking excuse? Um, I just feel like in that situation, well, one thing I, I would say, and I'm not, no offense to anyone, but what was the culture like? Because, you know, there's some people that don't believe in deodorant. In that, that is true. So, in, um, are they use the natural deodorant where it smells musty, like the stuff they use must, you know? Um, so that would be my question. And it's first impressions are everything. So when you first meet a guy and he's musty, it's just a turnoff. And women love when guys smell good. It's this cologne that all men have. I don't know the name of it. Do y'all know the name of it? But it smells so good. But that's the way to the girl heart. If you got to smell good. And we definitely gonna drop some draws. Be the draws. Draws. Wait. Y'all know I'm right. Oh, oh whatever. They know I'm right. But you know what I'm saying? Like if you okay, you you know, ladies, like you go to a guy house. I don't. You know, I, okay, I put myself out there since y'all want to ask. 
proper. <laughs> but you know, you go to you go to the guy's house. You know, you go over, watch Netflix, whatever. Maybe he did get out the shower. You can tell, and it's just like that smell, that good smell. Uh-huh. And like you know, if he starts kissing up on you and he's closer to you, and you smell more of that, it's just kind of like a turn on. So. Yeah, um, I would say, yeah, definitely, like, the mustiness, if we're a little bit too old for that, we're 30 almost, so it's, like, really no excuse for you to be musty. Um, I would probably be like your <laughs> friend, though, and say, like, okay, well, maybe there's a reason for this. I'm going to give this dude another chance, but by the time we got to the house and it was still no change, yeah, it's going to be a no for me. Um, but, yeah, I would say mostly, like, my like turn off would definitely have to be mustiness and lying because I don't understand why we're still lying at the age of 30. So those are two things that I just can't deal with at this point at this point like in the early stages too so and it, it really like is kind of weird to me like you knew you was going to pick this girl up so why are you not checking yourself making sure everything is on you know point so that's exactly. kind of like, oh, you really just don't give a fuck. You know, yeah. you really just don't give a fuck at this point about nah. me, you, anyone. All right. What a car ride. Oh, yeah. yeah. The car ride to the crib must have been brutal. <laughs> right. Imagine if his AC didn't work and Buddy had to Ooh, win. Ooh. 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 Okay, what? She was okay, in that this hot box recently, and I have a question. Was this recently, like, during the winter? Oh yeah, he was Wasn't musty. Was it, like, in, during the winter? Too? He was musty in, a win- in, in the, the winter, winter in a northern state. Oh, oh, I was about to say, where he's from? <laughs> like that? I'm not going to put that true. out. But work? Oh. I'm not going to put that out, but he, <laughs> he, he's state. in a, a very northern state. Just, I'll say that much. Northern oh, as fuck. Yeah. So, it, Destiny said no, something real, though, because she's like, 30-year-old. Can you imagine just the phrase, 30-year-old musty nigga sounds brutal. That's like 30. <laughs> awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is awful. <laughs> yeah. Like those words do not need to go together in a sentence. <laughs> yeah. At, so at least we got we got a few we got one good answer. It was <laughs> everybody agrees on mustiness, but at least uh, Destiny threw in lies. So pretty much both of those things. If you if you want to live in your own funk or live your own lies, nobody's trying to deal with you. Um, anybody else want to add anything to the list? So we got <laughs> mustiness, lies. What else? I would say for me, it would be just someone that just don't know how to talk. Like that guy, like we're too old to be on that, like, what you doing? Nothing, chilling, like just don't know how to communicate. Like that's one thing I just don't understand as an adult. You don't know how to express yourself. Okay. The problem. So lack of communication, mustiness, and lies. Killer Cam, you gonna finish this off? I'm thinking like if you're still childish, I mean, okay. You know, we all have, like, our childlike, you know, personalities in some way or another. Um, but I just feel like if you're not grown, you haven't really, like, experienced life, you don't really know how to do certain adult things, that's, like, a super turn-off to me, like. That's a good one. Hmm, let me see if I can give some examples without, let's see. Like, you know, just simple shit, mm-hmm. like. Your mama never showed you how to properly clean the kitchen or you don't know how to, uh, you know what I'm saying? Or, or like if we went out to Pay eat bill, and you only or... ordering chicken tenders from the menu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a real big turn off for me. So I can't go to, I can't get the chicken tenders at Nobu? I can't, and, I can't. Please. Do they even have chicken tenders? Absolutely not. Damn. 
Tough crowd, tough crowd. And, so then she right. and, then, and then especially if he asked for a barbecue <laughs> on the side, Give me Wait, girl, stop! Yeah, girl, like, I want some barbecue <laughs> with, the, with the nuggets. Very, bro. Why did I just go on a date like that? Though I definitely just went on a date like that. He ordered the chicken tenders with barbecue what? sauce on the side. I swear. Oh, what? Mama boy, mama boy, mama's boy. Yeah, that's how it be. Yeah, that's how it yeah, be. mama boy. Yeah, you could definitely yeah. tell my mama boy when he ordered chicken nuggets or chicken tenders with barbecue mm-hmm. sauce. Definitely a mama boy. Why so, is that though? So like, what's the correlation? See, I hope the dudes listening <laughs> are taking notes. Don't you dare even look at the chicken tenders, dog. Don't you even <laughs> think about it. Don't I would never it. Know. You know what's funny? I've never I don't care if you've never tried anything that you're about to order. You know what's funny? I'm not the type to order that from a restaurant. Usually I have my favorites or whatever, and usually that's not it. But now I'm thinking, what if I was a nigga who just really loved chicken tenders and now you don't even know you fucking the date up? She mm. thinking that you oh, that sucks, <laughs> man. That's I don't know. It's something. I don't it's something about still ordering like you know and i'm a huge burger fan but it's something about ordering a burger at 30 that just made me feel like grow the fuck up like come on you, you know what a burger Wait, tastes like okay. you know what a burger tastes like so Expand. i can't have burgers no more my god i'm not saying you can't if we're going on a burger date bet but if we go to a right. place and they just so happen to have a burger on the menu you better not order that burger you know what a fucking burger tastes like, nigga. All right, so you mean to tell me that if I sit there and I take you to a five-star restaurant, I'm talking about everything's paid. I'm like, get what you want on the menu. I'm flexing, flexing hard. You, you, you know, dig into whatever you want. But I'm in the mood for a burger. I can't order a goddamn burger or else I look childish. Is it a gold-plated burger? Yeah, I mean, I did, uh, gold-plated. I've seen that, like, burger wrapped in gold. Yes. <laughs> It's so, like a thousand bucks. Okay, so I need to make a so there's a oh. list of things that I can't do when I'm 30. I can't eat chicken tenders. I can't eat burgers at restaurants no more. So they mm-hmm. like there's no Not excuse. On if we're going out, if we're going out, no. If we want to stop at Raising Cane's real quick, get you some chicken nuggets. But you know, I'm gonna look at you sideways for sure. I'm gonna be like, come on. Well, at least now yeah. I know it's just a burger. I just think it's a time and a place for everything. Like exactly. So we had a five exactly. star restaurant is not the time or place to yes. get a freaking burger or a chicken t- chicken tenders, chicken sandwich, whatever. Exactly. You know, I'm gonna need you to expand that palate. Mm-hmm. No matter mm-hmm. what, I don't care if you don't even eat the shit you get. <laughs> See, <laughs> just the- make sure you make me look good at least. <laughs> the way uh, I look. I have a question like- for the ladies though. What What do you guys? Oh, no, I was, I was just about to say, I have a question for ladies. So on the first day, what do you guys eat? Because I know, like, on your first day, you don't want to eat something really messy. So even then, I wouldn't get a burger on the first day just because what if some mayonnaise fall on me while I'm biting <laughs> three patty burger and then three patty just spread out? <laughs> you can cut it four ways. Eat it like a lady. You can cut it up. Okay, you can cut it up, but still, I just feel like kind of like I always stick with something real easy. Like pasta is usually like the go-to. Like do your little, you know, stick it in the noodles, put it in your mouth. Not too much noodles because you know a little spar dripping, you know. 
I'm just not first I'm not about to think that much like I'm gonna get what I want to eat so mm-hmm. it is what it is if it's mm-hmm. messy if it's not depending on the restaurant we go to if it's messy okay um but I'm gonna get what I want but so so you I'm, eat is, I'm not scared Ooh, you would eat like okay, the bowl. Like are the, we going to the? Are so we going to going a the shell shack? Yeah, if we're on the shell shack, would you yes. get? Like, going to put a disclaimer out there and go ahead and say, like, listen, sir, that's I'm the- sorry what you about to see right now. That's it. But that's this, I'm going in. <laughs> that's I'm going do. in on these crab legs. That's <laughs> that's what it is. You take me to a, a crab leg spot? Yes, I'm definitely getting the crab legs. I'm not about to sit here and get the fried catfish. That's not what I'm about to do. I'm about to get the crab legs, and I'm sorry. You're going to see sauce everywhere. It's going to be kind of hectic. But, shoot, at least I'm not getting the freaking chicken tender plate that costs <laughs> like It's just like, and like I said, it's a time and a place for everything. So I'm not going to sit up here and like, now, maybe I won't eat as much as I would if I was with my homegirls and things like that. I am kind of particular on that, like where I would be like, okay, let me just reduce the amount of what I eat but when I get home I'm gonna tear it up because I'm still hungry that's something I do do but other than like getting what I want I'm gonna get what I want no matter how messy it is or whatever that's just me though man I'm sad now because I'm look. I'm looking at all this shit I'm 29 I'm 29 <laughs> and I'm like it's, no no not me I'm still I'm in my 20s I'm still living got one, one more year I got one more year of bullshitting and then no more one no more, more chicken tenders no more burgers <laughs> yeah. that shit is crazy our nope. hamburgers. We didn't say no mm-hmm. more. Just time and place. I know. Time I know. It's time good. and place. <sighs> Keyword time and place. Well, it looks like just get the salad and be safe, y'all boys. Just get the salad and be yes, safe. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steak, fish, all adult yes. options. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's all we're saying. No kid menu options. Yes, that's you know. Don't get the same thing that's on the kid menu. Like that's kind of. Weird. We got some lamb chops, you know. We can, yeah. we can go there, okay? Lamb chops, Brussels, <laughs> mac and cheese. Let's go. Let's, you know. Oh, I love that. You know, I miss it so much. Yes, I miss me. Yeah, I miss regular <clears throat> shit like that. Like my favorite thing. I think my favorite thing, like to treat myself to, was the movies. Like I, I loved going to the movies. I loved doing that as like a like a, a precursor to my weekend. You know what I mean? Like, let's say a really popping movie's about to come out or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was my thing to like, go catch a good movie. I might, you know, go downtown and hit a bar with some friends, play pool, whatever. That was like my thing. And it's like, now you think of the movies and you think of how many people stuck in one room sharing germs. You think of playing pool and you're like, how many niggas done touched on the pool stick and coughed on the pool table before <laughs> I got here. Like I feel like every <laughs> everything look everything look and feel different post COVID, man. Like the way we look at the world is just so. You think mad. so? I don't. For I don't sure, know why. Sure. I don't know why. Like I'm a nurse and I don't see none of that. Maybe because I knew how much bacteria that was out there before COVID, but. Well, like, I was, where, I I was guess, just about to say, I was just about to say, yeah. medical professionals, your your view shouldn't be different because you always knew you guys are just filthy people. And let me stop. But not like the we way are. that the, like medical <laughs> professionals are, no, are more like they're more apt to do wild, dangerous, nasty shit than the rest of us because they see so we much are. wild shit. Yeah. So their view of the world is different. But like me, that's true. I remember somebody. No, that's, posted, that's very true. Like, yeah. 
somebody posted a, a a picture from like I don't know what it, whether it was a concert or something. It was just a whole bunch of niggas just standing next to each other, and they were like, you know, a few years ago this was normal. Now this just looks so unsanitary and it was like pictures of like house parties <laughs> that were packed and shit like that and you're like damn we really used to be all up on people like this like now you can't it's even picture the, um, yeah it's the birthday parties for me where it's like oh we used to eat the cake that somebody just blew the candles <laughs> oh yeah we used to actually oh, think that was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> like what <laughs> That's that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, that's like, wow. Niggas is really believe. doing that. No, we really was. And we was like, give that's me the corner crazy. piece. Like, we was like, yeah. one of the, the corner piece. <laughs> <laughs> and I think oh, also, yeah. even about washing your hands, like, before you eat, like, when COVID happened, everybody was just washing their hands. I'm like, you know, people, like, y'all didn't think about that? Or just, mm-hmm. like, washing hands for 20 seconds. Like it was like, oh my god, I gotta count to twenty. It's like, yeah, that's been a rule before COVID. You were supposed to wash your hands before you eat, and it's supposed to be twenty seconds. This is not a COVID rule. This is just regular hand <laughs> regular. Nah, it's just that COVID provided consequences. Like that was really what it was, bro. People were not washing their hands. You can, you know, that people weren't washing their hands yeah, by sure. how much we had to tell them and how angry they were about having to wash them, like. <laughs> I remember when I first learned on Twitter, I first learned on Twitter that people don't wash their legs. And I was like, wait, what? Like, white people, what? correction. Right, white Corre- people. Big correction. <laughs> I remember when that was a trending so topic, surprised. when they were like, they were like, why would you need to wash your legs? Did I do something earlier that day with my legs? And I was like, wait, what? They're like, well, it's. What? There's one dude, I remember oh. one of the reactions was, my legs been inside of pants all day. It's not even like they were really outside like that. Why would I need to wash my legs? And I was like, yo, these, that's some sick shit. Sir, let's say white people shit. Let's say white people shit. Just like with the um the washcloth, I don't know if y'all have seen that too. Like, you know, white people really don't use like the little cloth. Oh yeah, you have to. I remember when I taught I taught my right. roommate about a washcloth. When I taught that nigga about a washcloth, it changed his life, bro. <laughs> Is your roommate white? <laughs> no, nah, this was in college, but he was, yeah. I had a okay. white roommate. Um and I taught So did you like show him like did you do the whole example? Yeah, I literally did tra- you like, like, you so Yeah, funny. like when you when you tell a kid you put water under it. Yeah, I was like, you put you you apply you apply soap and water directly on this, and when you scrub with it, it's actually more effective. And he was like, he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm dead serious, bro. Like I literally showed him, and he was like, oh, that's crazy. He went and did it, bro. This nigga came out after after the shower, or whatever. He come in the living room, and the rest of the roommates is black. It's just him that's white. Oh, he was like, color. yo, he came outside. He was like, yo, there was like all these little specks coming off of my body, and I was like, yeah, the skin. That's, that's, that's skin, that's bro. So gross. <laughs> You're clean. <laughs> you got more patience than me because when I had to try to explain what a washcloth was to my white friend, I was like, you know what? Forget it. Just I'm gonna go home at this point because I don't have time. <laughs> we were in high school though, and she was like, she gave me like, you know, I was about to take a shower, and she gave me like the little, the big towel or whatever, you know, the how you wash your body with or dry off with and I was like okay cool like do you have a, a washcloth and she was like oh, you mean like this kind of towel like and she gave me like the medium sized towel oh. and I'm like no like the little towel 
the whoa LGBT so she didn't have had any at all at all there was none in her house no ma'am like, no, ma but that's how they i don't want to sit here and say <laughs> but you know that's how some people are they just never even heard of a wife i understand that why do they so exist then yeah. so what so i'm Question, so what do they wash with their hands? They let the water run Or off. a loofah. You know, like some... Some, <laughs> some might use stuff, a loofah, like... but a majority of the tweets I kept mm -hmm. seeing, people just said they were like, oh, yeah, they'll use a loofah on their top body. But for the rest of their body, they just let the soap and water right. run off of it. What? That's crazy. It's like, imagine rinsing dishes instead of washing them. That's what I picture, wow. like... It's a very disgusting Ew. sight to think about yeah. a body, but like literally, that's really what it is. You just like run water over it, and then you just say, "All right, I'm done." I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! On to more disturbing news. We're gonna jump into uh, the current events segment, man. So this week, um, I figured it, it would be pertinent to start off with Texas, since we have some uh, Texas natives with us. Actually, um, after a devastating week. The Lone Star State finally found some kind of relief right now. I'm hearing that it's like, what, in the 70s for y'all right now, ain't it? 60s, 70s? Yeah. So It's real nice outside, real nice right now. <laughs> a few days ago, however, every all hell broke loose. Um, how bad was it for you guys, and what was, like, the worst things that you guys heard around you? Um, I would say, so... I, my thing is people don't understand about texas right like we're really warm so for it to be five degrees that's really disturbing um so for us it was just our road our roads like they were terrible like it's just our cars are not built for texas so when you go get a car in texas nobody asks you for snow tires i know i have friends up north and they tell me like our cars come with snow tires in texas no car, no car dealerships are going to sell cars with snow tire, tires. Like, that's not what they advertise. Like, yeah, I got snow tires because we don't look at you like you're crazy because we don't need that. So our cars are not built for that type of, like, environment. And then also just us. In Texas, we drive fast. Everybody know that, right? Our freeways are, like, 75 miles per hour. And, like, we literally go 90. That's just a Texas thing. So the fact that you got to drive really slow and then learn how to, like, when you slide, move your, uh, like, steering wheel a certain way, it's just, yeah, it's not for us. So I think the roads were terrible. Then also with the whole power situation, that was crazy. So I guess people don't understand is, um, you know, with the power and the poles and all that stuff, when it gets really, really cold, they get frozen. And so the power, like, they're not able to give out electricity as much as it would when it's not five degrees. So they did like this rollout electricity type of situation. And so people, you know, your house will get power for three hours and your house will get power for three hours. But certain people had power the whole time and certain people didn't. People, uh, their water pipes busted because up north, people know how to do that. Like you're supposed to keep your um your whatever your water your sink yeah mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't even know it didn't make sense to me because we're in texas we don't have to deal with that it's certain things you need to learn what to do when you get a snowstorm nobody knew so people had their water pipes us in my son's school actually like they're not gonna have school for two weeks because the whole school is was like flooded <laughs> you know or even the, our local walmart the pipes busted so it was like not even us 
but even our business was affected by that. So it was just, it was really crazy. And I think, shout out to everyone, like, you know, looked out for us and all that good stuff and checked on us. But it was terrible. And I just really hope that people understood that for Texas, we're not built for it. And I know for people up north, they're like, man, that storm wasn't nothing. Y'all tripping. But it's 100 degrees difference. In the summertime, we can get to 109, 10. That's 100 degrees difference from what we're used to. Yeah, that's that's a crazy drop. I saw that like the storm started roughly a few days before Valentine's Day. Like that was the beginning dwindlings of uh, the temperature shifting. They said it was like February 11th was like the beginning of the small decline. And when things finally plummeted, Mm -hmm. everything went crazy because there were pileups on the freeway, of course, like you said, because of the driving. Some of the wildest stories Mm -hmm. that I saw were people trying to get warmth. So they were like sitting in their parked cars in the garage and ended up passing away from carbon monoxide. Oh, my uh, God. And stuff like that. Oh, my God. You know, what really pissed me off, um, what pissed me off more than anything was the way that the government in Texas handled that situation. Like when you look at, you know, representatives. Uh, Ted Cruz. Oh, yeah. Ted Cruz being a. Are you talking about Ted a, Cruz, our no, no, senator? No, no. Yeah. Senator Ted Cruz, what he did was bad enough where he, um, you know, he ran away to uh, Mexico with his uh, with his daughter to avoid the storm while everybody else was going through what they were going through. That was bad enough. Nah, uh, Tim Boyd is is even worse. Like this guy's a complete. Yeah, he got flued out. <laughs> This dude decides oh, yeah. that while all these people are dealing oh, with yeah. what they're dealing with, he he decides to write a message for the people, right, to put out. And you would think he'd be telling them to rally around each other. You know, this is the time to show your humanity. Let neighbors help neighbors. If you do have power, you know, let's start sharing. Let's start doing these things. Here's what he decided to say. He said that um, as far as the people desperate for heat, water, and power, only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. No one oh. owes... No one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim is your choice. (laughs) The the city and county. He's from like Colorado. I was about to say, he's definitely from Colorado. Yeah, he's from Colorado Springs, Texas. It's just funny that that happened in that city. Like, I think it's Colorado Springs is why I'm corrected but now yeah yeah he's straight tripping like he was the mayor the mayor of the city it's really sick that he not only not only did he post this on facebook he screenshotted it and posted it everywhere else too like oh i got something for him like he really was like oh this shit gonna slap like like this this shit really gonna slap people gonna be behind me well he immediately had to resign the next day apparently there were people outside with literal torches There were literally people outside of his house with porches <laughs> the next day. Straight Texas shit. That man shit. says sink or swim <laughs> is your choice. The city and county, along with power providers or any other service, owes you nothing. And he put the word nothing in all caps. He said, I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. Now, here's the wild part. This motherfucker is naming places that you pay for service and saying that, yeah, you paid them, but they don't owe you service. If that's not the most like white privilege <laughs> bullshit that I've ever heard in my life, it's fucking mm-hmm. nuts. I'm I'm glad that everything is 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 going better for you guys. I'm glad that it seems like the the temperatures are swinging back into the way that they should be. I, for the loss of life, you know, there's there's nothing that's going to undo that. I would hope that 
when moments like this happen, all that I hope is that the people who are victims remember that they are victims when it's time to vote. Because the problem with a lot of these situations, mm-hmm. I realize that a lot of people who are left leaning, whether it be, you know, black people, minorities, certain people of that nature, they are the ones who are willing to be like, no, F that those politicians did us dirty. But a lot of the times the people on the right mm-hmm. and a lot of these very devout Republicans, they'll have Republicans in office that turn their back and do crazy shit like that. And they'll still find a way to do mental mm-hmm. gymnastics to support them in the future. And and that's that's dangerous. Yeah. So I just want to say this. Like, I do believe that, from from my opinion, from being in Texas my whole life, I really don't feel like there's anything they could have did regarding the power. It's just, we never knew. The temperature got as low as negative two in Texas. That is just unheard of. But was there, I feel like, like our government tried. Go ahead. Jackie. I was just going to ask, was there like any warnings for you guys as far as like, hey, the power is going to be out at this certain time? Or, you know, what I'm saying just to let you guys know so, that we are in control of the power, but it's going to be out this and that and the third. Because I just feel like it was just such a surprise for everyone to be like, so whoa. From like, what? Yeah. So from what the message I got and like from work as well, from working in the hospital, it was a big deal. Like they were sending messages because they legit was saying, look, if we don't roll out roll out this power, the hospital is not going to, like, it's going to be bad. We have generators, yes, but they were saying it's going to be so bad. Like, we're not going to be able to protect the hospitals. We're not going to be able to protect places that need power. Like, it was going to be bad. From what what I kind of got from it is that they thought it would be okay until that temperature was hidden, but nobody knew. And Destiny, you know when you, like, in Texas, you hear it's going to snow. We come outside, it's one snowflake on the ground. We really did not know it was going to get that cold. And I don't know, Kamisha, if you felt the same way. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. We've been doing this our whole life. It never got that bad. It was days, a week of snow. We have one snow day. Like, in school, we used to love snow days. Like, you get to mm-hmm. cancel school, and you get to just not go to school that day. You get to play in the snow. But a week? That was crazy. And it wasn't only snow. It was just, it was so cold. It was negative two, five degrees outside. So in my opinion, yeah. I don't feel like the government couldn't really do anything. It's just one of those, like, to me, it's a natural disaster, in my opinion, because they, we don't deal with that. Texas doesn't get that cold. I don't feel like there are anything they could have did, but regarding, they should have supported us. And they definitely don't try to tell people like, you know, like sink or swim. That was not right. But <laughs> I feel like crazy. regarding that, I just want to put that out there because a lot of people are like blaming the government. In my opinion, I feel like they just didn't know. Living in Texas, I don't feel like there's nothing you could have did. There might be a little information that you might not be aware of as far as why those people are blaming the government. Let me, I guess, add a little bit more context. So the the issues that we're having, of course, they stemmed from the weather events, but there's a lot of different small causes where governmental like involvement comes into play. So here's what ends up happening, right? Normally, the power grid can meet the, the demands of the, the consumers in general, because the way that a power grid works, the more that um, a household demands power, the power grid is supposed to be able to crank out as much as the demand. Now, when the when the temperatures dropped, people started blasting their heat to and, and they were running power to an extent where they couldn't support the entirety of all the areas that were needed. Now, here's what was supposed to happen. And here's what actually is the protocol, because there's protocols in place for when these situations happen with power companies, right? In order to keep the grid, what you're supposed to do is have rolling blackouts. So the way that it works is the rolling blackouts were supposed to be 
short deposited blackouts that are spread throughout even systems of time to keep all grids online. So instead of people being out of power for like 24 or 48 hours, each home would be out of power for maybe a quick like hour, hour and a half interval back online for a solid maybe 10. Another hour and a half interval back online for a solid 10. Like things of that nature and, and blocking it out from space to space so that they can disperse the, the amount of power. Now, what ended up happening, however, because politicians, a lot of dirty things happening behind the scenes, certain areas never went out of power at all. Other areas were out of power for five, six, seven, eight hour stretches. And that's what starts to happen when people, instead of doing things evenly across the board, you start giving preferential treatment to certain neighborhoods with certain affluent members of society living in them. So that's why people are mad at politicians, because a lot of that stuff, you can track it. That's the thing. They can lie to us. They can lie to the public and be like, that's not what we did. But uh, when it comes to power grids and things of that nature, a lot of those energy signatures, they're being tracked by other companies. They're being tracked by people who do certain types of business. We can see those numbers and they can't deny what they did. So that's why a lot of people feel a lot of ways about how the government handled that. But, you know, there's going to be like court cases after this. There's going to be people that sue, especially you got to think they're going to look into all these dead people that they're going to find in their homes, all these people that have passed away and things of that nature. They're going to look into, okay, well, look, let's look at the grid history. How long were they without power? And then how long were they supposed to be without power? So hypothetically, if, you know, let's say these people were without power for two days in a row and they ended up dying due to that. But if you look at the way that the grid set up and what was demanded and what was supposed to happen, they were only supposed to be without power for six hours. Uh, that sounds like manslaughter to me. Wow. Yeah, so I just want I just want to respond to that. So this this is the thing, and I definitely agree with people saying, but I am going to be fair, and I'm just going to be real about the situation. Um, so that is true, right? The rollout, but a lot of people with your power did not come back in one or two hours or something like that, or one or two or more than three hours, your power is out more than like two to three hours. It was more of an equipment issue. And a lot of people did not know that and people were not aware of that. But a lot of people power did not come back on. It wasn't because of the rollout, it's because of the equipment. The poles or the wire, I'm not for sure, but it was like frozen. So whatever area certain people were in, it wasn't getting to their house. Now I'm not an electrician. I don't know anything about that. But I do know that for a fact, and even places, so my friends, they live in a really wealthy area, like Dak Prescott, like all the Cowboys players live in this area. Their whole city was out of power. And these are the richest people really in our city, if you think about it. I know people, it's this area called Highland Park where all the rich people live. I work in the hospital. I work with like a lot of doctors They own hospitals. They were out of power and they were even staying at the hospital um, because they didn't have power. And there, there's some people I know that live in the per se, I would say, hood area of Dallas and they have power. So I know what people are saying. I'm not saying that's not true, but from me knowing different situations and knowing different people, I just really didn't see that. And even when it came out, so my friends that live in that area, they power was out for days. So they finally called the people and were like, hey, what's going on? Finally got through. And they were like, yes, this is more of an equipment problem. We're fixed on it right now. So once they fix their equipment, that's when they start getting power. But it was no longer like a rollout situation. So I do understand uh, regarding them, you know, giving equal share to power and all that stuff. But 
from what I saw, even in the city I lived in, and I'm not saying I live in a wealthy city, but people here have money um, and they didn't have power. They were mad, but it's an all white city and they didn't have power. So I don't know. Just want to be fair about the situation because I know everybody's like mad about it, but I feel like it was more to that than the rollout. Yeah. No, I understand where you're coming from, and that that's good information to have. Um, I feel like for the most part, when these situations happen, you know how it is when it comes to court cases. Both sides are going to dig as deep for as much ev- evidence as possible. You know, with all of those things, I'm sure they should be able to prove as far as like faulty equipment, things of that nature. Um, if if that does help exhume their situation, then you know more power to them, and 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 hopefully that helps. Now. If it doesn't, and certain other things, because I know they were talking about readings as far as like um, some areas were saying the issue was because of turbines being down and certain things of that nature because of freezing. But then again, when you look at, you know, the Texas power grid is powered uh, primarily by gas. So technically, even though the turbines are down, you still have a certain amount of uh, uh, as far as like if it's powered 70 percent by gas and 30 percent by turbines, then at that point, the amount as far as the ratio of how bad things got, it doesn't quite match. Like pretty much people are saying like the numbers don't match up. Not that everything was perfect, but pretty much the amount of carnage that happened, it doesn't quite make sense. But, you know, all of that's going to be hashed out in in, in court and we'll figure it all out in the end. All right. So in other news, um, Uber actually lost a major court case in the UK. Um, Now, what this could mean as far as the company in general is going to change the face of Uber a little bit. Right now, everything is pretty much based off of the calculation of the tips and a small fee that they get whenever they um, actually pick someone up. This is going to eventually affect their entire business model, not just for, you know, the Ubers actually pick people up, but things like Uber Eats and things of that nature. Um, The UK is actually pushing upon Uber that they implement a minimum wage for the drivers as well as giving them tips. I know that I see a conversation that happens on social media all the time about how people feel about, you know, people who work for tips and how much money should be paid as far as like when people tip uh, waiters, waitresses, drivers, things of that nature. Uh, How do y'all feel about tipping in general? I guess the concept of tipping. I'll be honest, initially growing up, like I had no idea what tipping meant or like, you know, what was the purpose? Like I was a cheap hoe, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, you leaving money on the table? Let me get that. What you doing? You know what I'm saying? Um, But then (laughs) I started dating somebody who was in the business of like getting tips. So he was like, hey, this is important. Like this is how people eat for real. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. So he started teaching me how to tip and then going to restaurants and learning how to tip, it was a little difficult because, you know, under tipping is the absolute thing. And then I started working in the restaurant business. And then I understood even, you know, more clearly, like, this is how people eat for real. Like, mm-hmm. 15% at least. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So um, tipping is extremely important. So I'm glad they're, you know, getting these people the money that they deserve because it's a tough job. Now, Service-based industries, like, touch up. Right, exactly. And I think a lot of servers, I think my problem with my problem with the concept of tipping is not tipping itself. My problem is the fact right. that it feels like these companies get away scot-free getting people to work almost for free. Like, you're really, for the most part, when I look at it, so you mean to Thanks. tell me this business is paying people $2.50 or $3 an hour, and I'm supplementing the wages for the person who's in front of me when in reality – 
nigga, you should be paying this motherfucker. That's a good point. Yeah, I totally agree on that. I really do. I really, I'm trying to see legally how that's possible, but from oh, what I... If you know the history of tipping, is then that, it makes sense. Yeah, well, I know people that, like, you know, that that does, you know, waitress and stuff like that, and they tell me, though, that depending on where you work, you kind of don't want that, because apparently, you know, if you do your minimum wage, sometimes they go into where the tipping going to, like, the pot, like, to where... You get it if you don't, or something like that, like it becomes a to pot. But some people, depending on if you work at an expensive restaurant, these people can make up to $40 an hour if you think about oh, it, yeah. though. Like, you don't yeah, have no it. limit. So, like, that my, my question would be, like, which one would you prefer to where they give you a certain minimum wage, but then they control your tips? Or you just know that you're that bitch, I'm not gonna you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, going to get 40 or $50 an hour, because if you got three tables and everybody meal is over $100, that's really $20 right there. And of course, I know not everybody's going to tip like that. It's really just off of people. But depending, if you're working at a five-star restaurant, you're making money more than people. Like, if you think about it, tipping, you can make close to $90,000 a year. It's If you think about it, though, I'm not going to tip if I know you're making a certain amount of money like my tip is going to decrease at that point you know like I tip because I know like waitresses of course are not making that much so it's like okay like the majority of your money comes from you know who you're serving so of course I'm going to tip very well or whatever but as far as like and then it also depends on the service as well because I tip my hairdressers and I know they're making money because I'm paying certain you know but I just feel like if I know you're making a certain amount, it's going to be kind of crazy for me to tip at that point to be like, okay, well, you're going to get a check at the end of the week. So just like the rest of us. <laughs> so it's kind of like, mm, see, I, I understand know. the idea of some people being tipped out a lot and, and some people making like major money and tips, but I feel like looking at things in that way is a little dangerous. And here's why. Um, you notice that in order to back that statement up, you said five-star restaurants or even four-star restaurants. Now, if we're looking at the majority, let's say hypothetically there's, you know, 100,000 workers and all these, uh, all these people who work for tips, they work at deferring restaurants. Sometimes it could be a Chinese joint. It could be all-you-can-eat buffet or it could be a five-star restaurant. It could be a four-star restaurant. It could be a bistro. We really don't know. But if we're looking at the collective, right, the plight of the collective usually gets overshadowed by the successes of the few. And that's how the people who stay in power tend to stay in power because they're able to use those small success stories and they use them as weapons to beat on the people who make less and who are really living out like the terrible version and let them know, see, they're doing it the right way. They're able to succeed. So why can't you? It's like this, this weird, cause it's not wrong to look at it from that aspect, but it's just not accurate. Right. Because if we're looking at how many people really are going to work out of all the people in the service industry, how many of them are going to work at five-star level places? Or how many of them are going to yeah. be at a place that's going to tip out to that to those extremes, right? When we're yeah. looking at... But I feel like when you sign up for the job, you know that's what you're, <laughs> what you're doing, though. Like, that's what See, you're I'm, signing up for. Like I'm going to give you another waitress, example. You understand that you're going to have to work off tips. No, of course, of course. And I'm going to give you another example of um, just because you're able to sign up for it, right, doesn't mean that it's something that morally should be able to happen. I'll give you a good example. I went to um, when I was in, in, in college at Florida and I had to do a lot of volunteering hours. 
And some of my, some of my largest amount of volunteering hours came from doing something called the translation project. Now the translation project was when we would go to, um, we would partner up with this, um, this medical school called Emory and we would partner up with them and we would go to these, um, places where they had like fresh fruits and produce and things of that nature. And we would offer a uh, free medical counsel to the people there, the students in Emory, they needed the experience as far as like, you know, giving people physicals and checkups and things of that nature. And for us, it would count as our volunteering hours because all of us were bilingual trilingual students. So we would um, translate for those medical professionals so that they could speak to the people who work there. Now, here's the thing. These are people who are migrant farmers. For people who don't know who our migrant farmers are, my extreme way of putting it is they are slaves, literally almost to the, to the T now. So I'm in South Georgia, and these people are living literally on plantations in old slave quarters, right? Making um, some of them, some of them making like $4 an hour, some of them making $3 an hour, $2 an hour, whatever. And these people are literally working 10 and 12 hour shifts, living in close quarters, crazy situations where a lot of them don't even have papers. Um, but this is how your big companies, whether it be your Tropicana's or your, um, um, you know, Minute Maids and things like that. This is where they get their produce from. This is where they get their things done. And these jobs are there. It's not like the government doesn't know this exists. If, if I, as a college student, could look on the internet and find this and go volunteer there and go like talk to these people, it's not like the government doesn't know this is something that's happening. It's not like it's something that's hidden or a secret or whatever. These are literal jobs. These farmer positions are jobs. But what ends up happening is that what they look at is the fact that, well, these people chose to go work at these places. They're choosing to do these things that, yeah, they're not paying you right, but then why don't you just go somewhere else? That idea is, is it's a dangerous one. I kind of, and, and okay, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be that person, and I'm just gonna say this. I kind of was, okay, like, a little bit disagree, because at the same time, like, you kind of still have a choice. Now, regarding the situation is, my question would be, regarding them being there, like what, what, like for, because I know that's a big thing, like, and like definitely in California, like with strawberries, right? In California, I know it's big, like they pick strawberries and stuff like that. But my thing would be why, like, why did they choose that? And I know sometimes it's because they didn't, there's nothing else because maybe of a legal issue, like they don't have like a social security card to work somewhere else. Like, do you have any more information of why yes, would they agree to work? I actually do. $2 um, an hour. A lot of these, a lot of these companies, um, as somebody who I, I helped my mom get through the, uh, the legal process to become a U.S. citizen, she's a citizen now. So I understand how the paperwork works. I understand how it works to like, you know, file the things, have the people come to your house and have to do the, you know, the meetings, the interviews, take the paper tests and all the different mm -hmm. stuff that it takes. Now, what ends up happening is if you were to put in that same application, and say you're going to be a migrant farmer and you put in one of these major companies, your, app, your application gets pushed through. And now you have a social, you have a work visa. Oh. They're, not going to, they're not going to let you be a citizen, though. Here's the thing. You're not a citizen, so you can't vote. But what you can do is work. Oh. And you can work hmm. specifically and only for this company. Oh, okay. Now, here's where it gets nuts. If you apply for a new job, let's say a job that pays minimum wage or, or pays more or whatever, and you want to work at that job, 
The problem is you have to, you have to let immigration and naturalization services know that you're moving to this other job. And at that point, they have to decide whether you get to keep your work visa or not. You think they're going to let you keep it? Mm. Mm, I see. I yeah. didn't know that part of it. I always just wonder yeah. how this really works with that. But yeah, I really think that's really messed up that it's pretty much they are for it. Like you said, it's kind of like slavery because it's like, oh, you don't want to work here. Okay, you're not going to get your visa and you're going to go like you're going to get kicked out of your country. Like, you know, get kicked out of the country. So I do feel that like that's messed up. But do you feel like that's the same way with being a waitress though? For the most part, if you look at how the majority is, because think about it, I had a I had an ex-girlfriend that worked at Waffle House. Now, Waffle House is a popular place. They're going to get a lot of customers or whatever. So to me, that's a good, if you're going to work at a place that's not high end, you at least want a place with a lot of traffic, right? A lot of in and out traffic, because at least you'll be able to rack up for the most part. The meals aren't that expensive, so it's not going to hurt anybody to tip. For the most part, it's like a good situation to be in. But here's the problem. Um when you look at how much work they physically have to do, because that's another thing, a lot of places that tip, you're, there's no such thing as a job description. The same person who's like busting tables mm-hmm. is going to be the same person that has to clean in the back, same people that got to undo the trucks, same people got, that has to do all these different tasks, right? They're doing all of this physical labor, but they're working off of maybes. The concept of working off of a maybe will always be nuts to me because we're not allowed to pay in maybes. Mm-hmm. Like, like if, if, you know, the, if my light bill comes up, I'm not going to say I might pay you $70 this month, or I might pay you 120. It depends on what I feel like we don't get to do that. So I don't think you should be able to be paid in maybes. Like hopefully the people who are coming in are in a good mood and will tip today. Like what happens if you get shitty tips for, for a day? And then now you go home with whatever is that base pay. That's, that doesn't make sense. Now, of course, if it doesn't happen, that's Mm -hmm. great but that doesn't change the fact that it wasn't guaranteed. And I don't think you should expect guaranteed labor for non-guaranteed wages. That that's idiocy to me that we allow ourselves to, to do like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that we allow a a concept like that to even exist. It's just, it's nasty. So I have a question for you, Reggie, which one would you want? Because I feel like you're very a charming person and like, if it was based off of like, if I saw you as a waiter and like the way you talk and present yourself, I feel like you would get a lot of good tips. So would you prefer to be at a base? Cause these people, and I don't know what they're going to go to, but in the state of Texas, our minimum wage is like still 750, you know, like of course some companies bumped it up. So would you rather get paid your regular $10? I'll say nine, $10 an hour. And then with the tip, they're just changing it to where like, we're going to put all these tips and like, you know, together, and then we'll just, you know, kind of give it out equally. Or would you prefer to be like, okay, you can make $3 an hour, and you can do as much as you want, and that will be your tip. So would you kind of go off of, I know me as a person, I know I have a good personality, and it's going to be easy for me to make $40 within that hour? Or would you just be like, okay, I'm just going to go with, like, I'm just pretty much getting based off minimum wage, no matter what I do, no matter all my personality, I'm going to get the same thing um, every day, the same feel, pay. Like you don't have the opportunity of making more money. No, I, I understand what, what you're asking. Now, as, as far as like, if this is something that I have to make that decision for myself, of course, I feel like the, the smarter decision for me to make as an individual would be to go where I'm going to, you know, have the more lucrative uh, uh, option, which is 
thinking of myself and just getting that that uh, cash under the table. Now, here's where it becomes interesting. One of the things that you mentioned was the idea of like when they do the tips and they do the payouts for the tips, how they uh, a lot of restaurants are like, well, if we're paying you a base pay, then tips are going to be split. That's not actually something that they have to do. A lot of them just do that as a way of um, discouraging like tip hoarding and things of that nature, which you know, that, mm-hmm. that's a whole different conversation that I don't want to deep dive too much in. But let's be honest. There are places that, like, let's be honest, if we're talking about Red Lobster, if we're talking about certain, certain restaurants where they pay those people a minimum wage and they get tips. And it's not like these businesses can't afford to do that at all. Like, even someplace at a smaller, um, a smaller convenience, like I worked at Cold Stone Creamery in uh, college for a period of time. When I worked at Cold Stone, we made $12 an hour. But on top of that, we got tips. And we were perfectly fine. The, the company is able to do both. And mind you, Cold Stone is not making as much revenue as like a restaurant that's selling real food. Like not that many people are really going out of their way for $6, 6 and $7 ice cream cones. You know what I mean? But for the most part, people would actually buy their food and tip us. We were getting nice tips on a daily basis and we were getting minimum wage. The thing is people deserve, if they're going to work every day and they're putting themselves on the line and putting themselves in, in, in the position to be responsible for you every day, they deserve to be able to budget and you can't budget off money that don't exist. Yeah. So I have a question for Kamisha and Daphne. Would y'all still tip the same way y'all tip today? If- you knew they were making $15 an hour and not $3 or $3 an hour? I would. Um, I would because I've been in that industry and I know, um, <laughs> I know what it means to make $16 an hour and you go home and you, you might have like your base pay for the week. Like, you know, okay, I'm going to work 40 hours this week. This is what I'm going to get. Um, but in the restaurant business, realistically, nobody's working 40 hours. Okay. So think about somebody being um, an hourly employee, they make in 16 people think, Oh, 16, that's a lot like you good. But no, the cost of living in our city is going up every day, right? So um, I was in a position where I was working for a very high end boutique. And inside that boutique is a restaurant on the top. And I was a hostess in this restaurant. Making $16 an hour, it was a really, you know, great experience. Um, I'm sorry, great opportunity, um, or so I thought. Now, I'm working with servers who are making a base of, I don't know, let's estimate $3, $4, okay? I mean, there wasn't a plate on the menu that was less than $25. So, automatically, you get a soup and a salad or, you know, obviously, the soup wasn't $25, but you know what I'm saying, like a salad and you get an entree that's like 45 bucks, you already running up a check. Now, if that's four people, that's an even bigger check, right? So the servers go home, even in a tip pool, because this is a tip pool situation. The servers are going home on a daily basis with no less than $300, $400 a day. If the restaurant is getting bought out, oh, that's five, six, $700 per individual on that shift, right? But me, I'm still going home with whatever 16 times the, the you know, amount of hours that I was there. So situation, I was, you know, feeling like, damn, let me get on, get in on this tip action because that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. 
But when they have slow days, they're like looking at me like, well, damn, you made more money than me today. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's a give and take, but I would absolutely always choose the tip out position over the hourly position because I'm putting in, you know, the hours, I'm putting in the work and I'm still going to get paid the same every day. Now, you might think, oh, consistency, you know, that's good. You know, uh, you know what you coming home with, but like, if I could have a $500 day versus a $500 check at the end of a week, I would prefer that. Obviously. That's true too. You know what I'm saying? Cause you get three nights like that. Damn bills is paid. You know what I'm saying? So I was yeah. struggling, scraping, but making a base pay of $16 an hour with no tips. So I had to go get another job that was also paying me $16 an hour and I'm doing it all over again. So, you know, trying to like compensate and, to try to get into that industry um, where you're like a server in a, you know, in a, what's the word? In a hierarchy, you know what I'm saying? The hierarchy, like the servers are at the top. The hostess are like at the bottom. So you might be making more money than them hourly, but you're still not, you know what I'm saying? You're not earning really. They'll have you think mm-hmm. that, you know, cause you see that number 16 on the paper, but on the back end, these servers are making $500 a night. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm always, you know, encouraging anybody to go into, and though there is a lot of uncertainty, some nights they were like, damn, I only made a hundred bucks, but you know what I'm saying? That's more than I make. You know what I'm saying? If I'm working a yeah. four hour shift or whatever, it's just, I mean, people got a tip. Regardless, I don't care yeah. if the people were making $15 an hour. You know how I would feel if I was getting tips on top of my $16 an hour? Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, it's like, true. we got to stop treating people as so though what, they don't deserve so, to have so as much the money. what about the fast food people, though? What about the fast food people? Like, should we start tipping them, too? Because they make seven, like, in Texas, you go work at, and you know the reason why I'm saying this, because I came from Jack in the Box. Like, mm-hmm. I work at Jack in the Box. A lot of my friends went and worked as a waitress, and I work at Jack in the Box. I was going to pay $7 an hour. So, but you're doing the same should, thing they doing. We, yeah, but my, so yeah, so my thing would be like, should we just tip everyone that's not making over a certain amount of money at this point? No, I was just going to say, I feel like with any type of service, I feel like you should definitely provide a tip, per se. Mm-hmm. Like, if that person mm-hmm. is providing you a service, you definitely should tip. Um, but what back to Jenna's question is, um, if these people like waitresses, if the if they were making a certain amount, would that you know affect my tipping? Um, and I would say, uh, like the young would definitely like, listen. You making the same as me, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to tip accordingly at that point. Like if you just provide an awesome service, then of course I'm going to tip. But, like, if I know you're making the same amount as everybody else, and you're not making $2 or $3 an hour, that is going to affect my tip. I, I don't know. It's like, that, that just makes me a bad person or whatever. But the younger me would have definitely been like, listen, like, I'm not even making this much. So, yeah, I'm not going to tip you, whatever, whatever. But the older me, like, I, I at least feel like some, like, people, like, even my hairdressers, they're, they can get $250 out of me, and I'm still going to provide a tip for them. It's not going to be like gratuity, like 15, 20%, but I'm going to give them a little something extra. You know what I'm saying? Just because you did this and that and a third, you provided a service, you spent your time on my hair. I feel like you did a great job. You had great customer service skills. So I'm going to provide you a tip. But as far as like, if I knew like, as far as like when it comes to waitressing or you 
you know, serving on me, if I knew in the back of my head when I was younger <laughs> that you made this amount, I probably wouldn't have tip, to be quite honest. But grown up me is going to tip regardless. Oh, my. Just, so, okay. The reason why I say yeah. this too is because I work with patient care technicians. Uh, that's like your CNAs and stuff. These people, the CNAs, and they work so hard, guys. They make $12 an hour. They're wiping ash. They're running around with the call light. And they're making $12 an hour. Nobody tips them at all. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like it's going to be more of a bigger issue. What can we do regarding those people as well? I definitely get where we're coming from. But where do we kind of cross the line? Because some people out here are not, a lot of people are not making money. And I understand the, like, in that industry with making $2 or $3 an hour. Yeah, that's, that's really wrong. But what are we doing about people in fast food? Because at the end of the day, we don't tip fast food people. We don't. We don't tip regular so people that's making minimum wage, even at the store. There's people at Walmart making $9 an hour. We don't tip them. Where are we going to cross the line with this? And that's that's actually what my point was earlier when I was um, when I was saying conceptually, the idea isn't the idea should never be to adjust tips. And the idea should never be to be OK with the status quo of, well, these people work for this. So let's bark at the average everyday working person to fulfill obligations of corporate America. At the end of the day, the reason why I'm going to be honest, the reason why those people are making three or $4 an hour is the same reason why CNAs are making 12. And it's also the same reason why the people at fast food are making seven or nine or whatever it is. Greed. And they should, they don't need to be, if we're going to be honest and you look at the amount that a lot of these companies make on an annual basis, the amount that they're able to pull in, not just, not just revenue, but um, the amount of, of overspending that they do for higher ups, whether it be these corporate people who are making, you know, hundreds of dollars an hour and their job is something that they can't even explain to you what they do on a day-to-day -day basis, but that's what they, but that's what their job title is. When you look at the way that these things are set up, this is what people are talking about when they're like, you know, a lot of this concepted, uh, uh, conceptualized um, capitalism just doesn't make sense. Because when we start breaking it down, you notice that it's the same problem in all of these different industries. But the thing is, we instead of looking at the people who caused the issue, it, we're quicker to bite each other and be like, hey, you should tip more. Hey, you should know that, you know, even though we're all technically on the same level, nobody's a CEO here. And usually when we're having these conversations on, on social media, there's millionaires are not talking to you about tipping. You know what I'm saying? There's no millionaires arguing in the comment section about whether you should tip 15 or 20%. At the end of the day, the weird thing is these corporate entities think that it's okay for people who are in the bottom 99% of this country to be paying the wages of other people in the bottom 99% of this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is somebody who think about it now. Now let's put it into a better perspective. So you mean to tell me these people who are going to, you know, some regular restaurant like an Outback Steakhouse or whatever, and they go and sit down and eat. This is two CNAs who are just catching up, you know, over dinner or whatever, making their $12 an hour after busting their asses, doing all of this like ungodly level of labor at the end of the day. And they have to be the ones to pay their server's wage because the company isn't. Yeah, like the, the shit we need a universal base income. 
Yeah, and that that's a whole nother that's a whole nother <laughs> shebang. Yeah. When we start doing the math on that, a lot of the times yeah. it's, it's a lot of these things are made to fail because a lot of the people who are high up want to stay where they are, and they realize the only way to stay where they are is to oppress others. But that is what it is. Um, but that's that's enough for for the uh, current events for for today. We're going to jump into the main topic. The main thing I wanted to talk about today was the main thing that. Uh, Social media wants to talk about for the past I don't know how long. Let's talk about Lori Harvey. Now, Lori Harvey back back, <laughs> in the, uh, back in the headlines again because the real goat Boosie decided. <laughs> oh Lord! I love both of them. <laughs> he decided that he wanted to put his foot in his mouth again and, and weigh in on another uh, hot topic, and this time it was Lori Harvey. Um. First things first, as women, how do y'all feel about Lori Harvey in general? Like, what do y'all think as far as the Lori Harvey craze, the pandemonium about her as a person? I think she's a gorgeous woman. And I think she's dating like most young ladies should. Keeping your options open. Stick and move. Stick and move, girl. Because these niggas not trying to settle down with you. And if they are, it's only for a short while. You know what I'm saying? It's cute until it's... Hmm? Oh, no, I just said, what, oh, gosh. What was that? I said, oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I think she's dating in a way that most women should. I think a lot of women, um, you know, we kind of settle and we settle down, you know, just because we feel like we're obligated for whatever reason to be loyal to one man when we're just dating. You know what I'm saying? If we're not married or in a committed monogamous relationship that every one is consenting on you know what i'm saying no more situationships no more bullshit i like what Lori harvey's doing stick and move girl stick and move i love it she's the goat she's she's the goat now is there any validity in anything that boosie said at all so i don't i know everybody had a problem with boosie once again i'm an understanding person i don't when people say stuff sometimes it's the way they deliver it I feel like Boosie was just saying as your daughter. And to be honest, if I'm raising my daughter, do I want her to be Lori Harvey or do I want her to be Michelle Obama? You know, and I know people I hate, I know people like, uh, but it's like, do I want her to be known because she dated different guys or do I want my daughter to actually go out, get her education, become this boss bitch and go, go get you somebody that's on your level and then y'all both just level up like that. So I get where Boosie was saying. I guess he was just saying as in, are we setting that example? And I know he didn't say that. But definitely I didn't say he that. Say, <laughs> he didn't say that. But with what he said was like, do you want your daughters to look at it and be like, oh, mommy, I want to be Lori Harvey. But I feel like that is just what it is. Like um, someone, my friend is a teacher. She told me they did like, what you want to be when you grow up? This. One little girl says she wants to be a reality TV star. She wants to date, like, and there was somebody who was like, I want to be a basketball player wife. Like, these are goals for young women because we have love and hip hop. We have all these reality TV shows that kids can watch. And they're thinking, that's how I'm going to make it. These women have money and it's based off messing around with different men, like, on a, a, that status. So I like Lori. I really, I feel like she's a boss bitch as well. She's young. 
And first of all, I think people don't understand she's not a hoe. She just date within her environment. It's just like for us, right? Like at the hospital, a lot of nurses date each other. Nurses date doctors. Nurses date officers that work at the hospital. You just date within your environment. She is a celebrity. She's going to date other celebrities. That's just how that works. They don't make her a hoe. It's just her being a young. She's like 23 or 24. She's young. She's young. She's like 23 or something like that. But she's definitely under 25. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be dating. It's like in college, right? Like in college, how many different people did y'all date? And that's what I was gonna do. Within the same university. Which was the wrong way to do it. Just one. (laughs) Yeah. If I could go back, it would have been twelve of them. But but the average college person dates a lot of people within your university, within the same group of friends. You know, um, I think Lori Harvey is no different, like what you were saying, Jeanette. I don't think Lori Harvey is no different between me, you, and Kamisha we are just not in the spotlight that's the issue like i i don't i can't even count on many on the hands that i have you know the fingers that i have of how many guys i have dated or whatever but again i'm not in the spotlight so it's not like a microscope on my dating life of who the hell i'm dating so with lori harvey okay she dated trey songs justin diddy whatever future who gives a damn like these are all people in her industry though these are all people in her network like she's not just a regular person so it's kind of weird or it's kind of like sad for us to be like, oh my God, Lori Harvey is moving this and that way and she's just not moving like a lady. No, she's moving like any other young lady who's out here dating and trying to figure out what she wants and what she doesn't want. Like, it's totally normal. But we put her in such a high position. It's just like, oh my God, why is she doing that? She's making herself look like a hoe or easy or getting ran through all these guys. But do we really know if she's having sex with all these dudes? No. I mean, and that, 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 that being put ever, to the side, that being put to the side, right? If we're gonna, if, if we're gonna really dissect what Boosie said, technically, Boosie was talking about the perception of Lori Harvey and not Lori Harvey herself in the beginning. The first part, the first part he was saying was as far as like, why is this a goal? And I think. The thing is, Mm -hmm. looking at it from his perspective, he's not going to think about what you guys said as far as, you know, the idea of um, as a woman being feeling like you have to like stay within a specific relationship and just work, work it until the wheels fall off type situation. He was looking at it from what is presented on social media. And if we're going to be honest, if you don't take that, okay, well, let me deep dive the hell out of this and like, you know, fully flush this thing out. All you're seeing is people posting things like, okay, well, she's jumping from this person to that person. Like I even remember seeing when the rumors about her going from Diddy's son to Diddy thing. And um, I remember the memes of somebody being like, oh um, shit, if I could, I'll fuck a millionaire, his daddy too, type shit. Like if, if we're being honest in a lot of the things that we're seeing, <laughs> like if we're, if we're being honest with a lot of the things that we're seeing, of course we could always paint that rose colored glass of, well, actually what women are talking about is the plight of the woman and the fact that women, but sometimes it's whole shit. Like it's, it's a balance. Like in, in life, there's always that yin and that yang. There's those people who find actual legitimate, you know, um, um, courage from her just doing normal dating. But there's also motherfuckers who the same way that, niggas like to tap into future to 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 look into the evil you know poisonous shit that we want to look into sometimes Lori Harvey gives you some of that you know some of that junk food as well 
And I don't think that's a problem. I feel like everybody needs those, those totems, right? That's a thing. People love to cheer for the, 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 the villain um, in certain cases. And for that position, for some reason, she's just been placed as that person. Now, especially her being somebody who doesn't fucking speak. And a lot of us don't have never heard her voice in our entire lives. It's interesting that she's in that position. And I'm going to close this out with, um, like, my theory on, on what Lori Harvey stands for. I feel like Lori Harvey's an interesting character because I feel like her superpower has nothing to do with the people around her. I feel like her superpower is the fact that she knows how to maneuver in complete and total silence and keep the power to herself. And in most importantly, the, the way that the power works on other people is she makes people see themselves in her. So what men see when they look at her, men look at her and be like, oh, she hoeing. Women look at her and see she's liberated. Other people may look at people who want to be like, it, it's very interesting how she's able to do this like mirror effect to people where whatever they look, it's like a funhouse mirror that whatever they're looking to be mad at is what they can see or whatever they're looking to praise is what they can see when they look at her without her ever saying a word. That's amazing. Very Very interesting take. But um, I just think, um, I just think anybody who has a problem with her or has ever spoken on her, like Boosie is people who can't get within her who has no shot, has no chance at all <laughs> within her. You know what I'm saying? Like, has Trey Songs ever spoke bad about Lori? No. Mm-hmm. Has Dee mm-hmm. ever spoke bad about Lori? No. Has yeah. Justin Combs, even the person who daddy, she left him for, has he ever spoke bad about Lori? No. Has Future ever spoke bad about Lori? No one has ever spoke bad about this girl except people who cannot, who don't have a chance with her. So mm-hmm. I don't think Lori is a bad person and I really don't even think she's fucking these niggas like that. Like, if niggas was actually fucking her and then leaving her and doing when all this her name will be out here because we know plenty of instagram hoes that's just been like in the dirt and maybe niggas would mess with her but you know what i'm saying they're not doubling back or they nice you know they're not taking her on vacations they're not throwing her parties birthday parties things like that like i just think Lori is probably a really dope ass person a dope ass individual and she just like i just think the media and niggas like boosie just taking it to the extreme when it comes to her dating life like that's all I'm gonna say. Like, I think her superpower is her being just a dope ass person. Hey, <laughs> like, and I think mm-hmm. I think that's the uh, perfect <laughs> note to go ahead and close things out on. Um, today is is it's been a good day recording with you, ladies, man. Uh, yet again, I go by the name of Reggie Days, and this has been yet another episode of the Reggie Days Radio Show. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Later days. <laughs> Later. Ball
Jackson in the mix. It's that six six long dick slim nigga sticking your chick, pulling tricks, looking slick at all times when I'm flipping, bar sipping, car dipping, Grant Wood grain gripping, still tipping on still tipping on four rolls, four rolls, and no hacking, and no hacking, four blowing on that endo, GameCube, Nintendo, five percent tent, so you can't see up in my window. These niggas don't understand me, cause I'm boss hog on candy. Top down at Maxis with a big Glock 9 handy. Peaced up, creased up, stand dressed to impress. Big boss, bell buckle under my Mitchell and S. Oh, Gucci shades up on my braids when I escalate. When I'm riding spree wheel, sliding like an escapade. I got it made, the big boss of the north. Ain't shit changed, I still represent what's your house, huh?